Hello all, I'm Daniel Kubal. Again, welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. I am here today with Sean Crow. Sean, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, I'm fantastic. I appreciate you meeting me. Just a little earlier, I screwed up that time change, so <laughs> I really appreciate it. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do 11 o'clock and then <laughs> get up at six the next day. So I really appreciate you uh, being flexible with that. Uh, I know you and I have talked quite a bit, you know, on Facebook the last couple of weeks, especially when I said I was starting to do this. Uh, but uh, I got that first question that I sent you. So what has your writing journey been like up until this point? You know, it, it's been it's been it's been a ride. You know, I've been trying to figure that out for a few years. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know how it goes. You're you're writing something and something that's not good enough or you're you're trying to find that point where, man, am I ready to send off? Am I ready to do this? And I'd written three books that I'd never even published or even tried to then wrote the fourth book and I sent it off traditional, hardcore traditional, wanted to go the traditional route. And then, you know, you get your 60th, 70th rejection letter and you're like, okay, what am I doing? You're getting some feedback, but you know, it's just been it's been a roller coaster, but I feel like it's really starting to take off now. So oh, that's yeah. been kind of the feeling. Like, uh, I feel like I've started to find my niche, started to find my audience, you know, getting reviews, things are coming in. So, it, you know, things have started to take off a little quicker than I anticipated, which has been pretty great. Yeah, always good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just been one thing after another. Uh, you know, I've been putting out three books now uh, I'm working on my fourth at this moment and that'll be the goal is to make it like two or three years and have at least five books out oh yeah and that so you can kind of do that blitz you know yeah yeah things out there but I, I understand all about that blitz like I you know you and I had talked before like I'm you know I planned out a lot of them for myself and I'm really trying just to finish this first one that way I can learn from it and then you know, go a little bit quicker with the other ones. I had a bunch of people actually last week uh, get a hold of me like, hey, where can we find your book? I'm like, I'm rapid releasing in two summers from now, <laughs> like trying to, you know, just go that 13 months and kind of go from there. So I think the Blitz is a, it's a good thing. I, it's, I, I feel like it's been working for you though, right? I mean, you know, yeah, it, it seems to be, I mean, you know, especially with your, you know, the cyberpunk Bahala Steel and, you know, in book two, it, it seems to me like it's, you know, it's been working pretty well for you. Yeah, I really have no complaints. You know, uh, I've, you know, I always try to reach out to other people that I hope know more than me and, you know, are, are further along in the field and yeah. in the craft. I, there for a while, I was reaching out to a bunch of different, you know, like my favorite authors, you know, like John yeah. Gwynn, Ryan, Jim Butcher. I was trying to reach out to these guys and be like, hey, I'm just looking for advice. You know, what do you think on this? What do you think on that? How do you go about doing this? How did you do the process? And, you know, it's really interesting to learn the different ways they each did it. Each, each one of them, well, those that got back to me, like John Gwynn and Anthony Ryan, you know, they've, they've gotten back to me and, and very helpful. Um, you know, Anthony Ryan, he was uh, non-traditional. He was self-published, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Really kind of interesting to see how he did it. He goes, yeah, I didn't sell that much to start with, you know, like, it, and, you know, I kind of learned that and he kind of gave me some pointers um, the guy's read all three of my manuscripts, you know, oh, cool. he's that, yeah, Anthony Ryan, he's taught me a ton. Like, even if for him, it's probably nothing. I think he's just that way with people. But yeah. That's what it seems like. Yeah. He'll just, he'll tell you what he thinks. He'll be real direct about it. And you know, I, he's 
he's been great. Yeah, I kind of see him as a little bit of a mentor. I think a lot of the communities. I, I would agree. Like he was just on the Wizards, Warriors, uh, Wizards, Wizards, Warriors and Words podcast. Uh, the last two, actually, they had him on back to back weeks. Uh, and it's interesting that you say that because like Dirk Ashton uh, is one of those guys, Michael R. Fletcher, like, you know, Rob J. Hayes, uh, they all, you know, said that at one point or another, they say the same thing. Like they asked him questions, sent him a manuscript, something like that. And he was always super helpful. So I definitely agree. And they actually mentioned that and talked to him about that on their, uh, actually the first episode he was on, I think it was about three weeks ago at this point. And, you know, that, that was really interesting for me to hear their perspective on that. Cause you know, some people aren't that approachable. Uh, Kevin Hearn's one of those guys who's super approachable. I've asked him quite a few questions for urban fantasy because I'm kind of lost there. And it was cool mm-hmm. that he was like, yeah, this is what I did to research, you know, um, you know, this, this and that. And I feel like, you know, it's nice that we have those kind of people in the indie community in particular. And like you said, Anthony was one of those indie guys, you know, right off the bat and then, you know, went traditional later. Um, Anthony Ware is another one. I hear that, you know, it's just like <laughs> Anthony Ryan, very approachable. So, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, there's and there's, you know, I've, I've reached out to Dirk and them too. Yeah, a lot of the community, they're really open to, you know, hey, yeah, this oh, yeah. works. Why don't you try this? You know, it's, it's really great to see that. And it's funny. Uh, I was never like a social media guy. I didn't even own a phone until I told my wife, I was like, I think it's time to start <laughs> really serious. And she goes, well, then we got to get you a phone. We got to get you back yeah. on social. Yeah, I was like, man, I like having those things. But, you know, it's been such an amazing it's been an amazing resource you know like yeah. i just i went from never wanting to do anything with it to now it's like every day that's just part of the grind you get on there you yep you know spark up conversation you try to you know get some ideas out write stuff down but uh it's an awesome awesome thing that i think the community's moving in that direction oh yeah and I, you know and i and what i was saying too is like you know like probably five years ago. So I, I guess it was more like seven years ago. It feels like five. Right. But, uh, I was down in, you know, in, uh, at the poison pen, I met Kevin Hearn for the first time. I met Brandon Sanderson, Patrick Rutherfuss, uh, Brian Stavely was down there. Um, mm-hmm. there was a whole bunch of people. Um, Oh, Brian McKellen was down there. I mean, there's just Michael J. Sullivan was down there for crying out loud, all in the same spot. And it was like nine in the morning. You know, I had to probably wait three hours to get in. I literally sat in that. I mean, it's not a very big bookstore either. And I probably sat there for eight hours. I went in three different times and I literally just went in and I had them sign books that I had brought. I went and bought some more went to the used bookstore, came back. And then the last time I just went through and was talking to them just about writing. And it was really, really informative. And I think it was Brian McKellen was like, Hey, he's like, you know, if you look at all of our, you know, uh, books, he's like, all three quotes will be from somebody in this room. And, you know, it's, it is. And I learned at that time, I was like, well, you know what? I thought maybe I'd want to do indie publishing over traditional publishing. And that was the first inklings I had that, you know, this is a community that, you know, you can actually get behind and, you know, and people support each other. And I would say, especially too, within the last four or five years, especially that's definitely been the case. And, you know, especially since the pandemic started, I mean, I just feel like it's the indie community has changed so much, you know, even within the last two years. Um, you know, no matter what platform you're on. So yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. And it's in it. That's a big thing too. figuring out your platform, you know, yeah. like I have tried to Twitter to work. I just can't whatever for whatever thing. Twitter is just, man, it doesn't click with me. I still try it every once in a while, but then, you know, Facebook works awesome still. 
Instagram kind of him and ha, you know, but then I talked to people that love Instagram, people that love Twitter. Yeah. Mark, Mark loves Instagram. I talked to him last night, uh, you know, and we're talking about the blood of the spear promos and stuff. He's like, I've had so much success on you know Instagram. And I'm like, well, the funny thing is I found him on Twitter and I'm like, yeah. I can barely get anything on Facebook. I like Instagram. It's pretty good. But Twitter for me has blown up. I mean, I, you know, I was able to find a lot more people and talk to people, you know, and it's just, it's really interesting. And I know Mark has done a lot of new things and a few other, of my friends uh, have done, you know, different things on TikTok. And I'm just kind of starting to get on there basically and do a couple of things. Actually, I actually had to throw one together tonight. Um, but, you know, it's just interesting to see, yeah, like where different people are at. So what platform would you say is the most valuable for you right now? For me right now, I'd say Facebook. Facebook's been just solid for me for a while. Um, actually, TikTok also. Um, I, I've talked with Mark and, and yeah. uh, stuff like that. And, you know, I've been doing a little bit different approach. They do more conversations. Yeah, I do yeah. music videos with the artwork from Valhalla Steel or oh, different cool. artists I work with and stuff like that. And so that's been kind of cool. And like in Viking communities, stuff like that, I actually oh, yeah. get interaction you know you get hundreds of likes comments people ask oh you know well, where's this from and then oh it's my books you know it sparks up that conversation yeah. you know i just like making that stuff you know because oh, yeah. i like i love listening to music while i write i love having that imagery and so for me that's just fun to do like i can put a little video together add some tunes and <laughs> you know off and i'm like i feel productive today and then yeah, you know yeah. so I, yeah. that, that's interesting you say that I'll have to uh, I don't think I found you on TikTok yet so we'll definitely have to connect on there because I would love to see uh, how people I like to see how people are doing different things because you just never know when you know that's going to spark an idea for something else because that's where um, you know like uh, Felix had had uh, like had, did Mark's you know cover for Blood of the Spear and I had looked at it and I was like had never considered that minimalist type of you know, of artwork before. And for some reason that just made me want to do my own banner for my website. And then, you know, right. for a couple of things and I don't know what it is now. I can't get out of my head. So then Felix, I messaged him. He's like, yeah, go check out the Adobe stock images. And I started to do that. And my buddy and I uh, are going to like superimpose two of them. And, you know, Felix like that'll probably save you at least, you know, five, 600 bucks. And it'll look, you know, just as good if, as if someone did it. And just yeah. from seeing that image, it, you know, it just jogs something there. So yeah, that, I think that's a, a really good point. I didn't never really consider doing that kind of thing on TikTok. So I'm glad you said that. I think I'll try and branch it's, out. <laughs> it'd be cool. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get on TikTok every once in a while. Actually, it's kind of one of the questions you asked later. I, it, yeah, yeah. For, I actually do a lot of research on TikTok. Oh, okay. not More to like pique my curiosity because I do a lot of uh, like, I follow like uh, tech pages, oh, you know, cool work you know oh, like, that's helpful yeah 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 just different technologies that are coming out because then you're like okay here's the theoretical science around it or here's their thought process now how can i take that and amplify it to work consistently through something you know so yeah. like uh like 3d printing like in bahala steel and, and quenched in blood i write a scene actually in quenched in blood where they have that training ground right all 3d printed it's 3d printed in 30 minutes and it takes up a half oh, wow. city block. you know so wow. we have some great technology now in 3d printing but you just take that and boom put it on steroids yeah you know how i've been well, crafting things because it's based in the science but then i get to add my fantasy element 
yeah, so, yeah. That's a, yeah. Really, that's a really good point. I actually saw a 3D printer at the Detroit Auto Show probably about eight years ago, and they actually printed a car uh, on the weekend that we were there. We went twice, like a like a Saturday Sunday combo, and by the time we went went back, they had already printed like basically the car. Uh, so it's interesting that you say that. Yeah, I never never really considered doing research that way in terms of like the sci-fi or you know or like cyberpunk or something like that so that's actually a that's actually a really good idea you kind of got my mind working now about you know maybe even you know different fantasy stuff on tiktok you know like uh you know like uh, miles cameron you know um you know he does like chris uh does the writing fighting uh which i really like and him and i talked and he was like hey you should do a martial arts one at some point so i think i'll get ahead with the podcast and then i think i'm gonna do the martial arts aspect but I had never considered, you know, doing other research like that on TikTok, for instance. So that's actually, a, I do it on Instagram all the time, you know, but I, I never considered doing it on TikTok before. So that's actually a, a really good idea that I'm going to steal from you. So I'll give you credit though. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right. Let's see here. Um, so you kind of talked already a little bit about the works that you have out currently. Do you want to kind of go over, especially like Valhalla Steel? Um, that's going to be one I know a lot of people um, have talked about recently uh, that I've talked about. And I asked, you know, do you know Sean? And like, yeah, Valhalla Steel. And it seems to be whatever you're doing seems to be working because a lot of people, you know, have, it seems to have a pretty far reach right now. And then uh, that one, what number uh, slot did you get for Amazon? That one was pretty high too, right? Oh, Valhalla. Yeah, it was, it was during one of those deal, uh, you know, you get your deals and so, yeah. you know, I get everybody else, but yeah, we made it to number two. Oh with, yeah, that's awesome. Number two, I uh, was pretty stoked about that. I was like, all right, you know, there were like, I think like, how many, it was like 800 and some odd downloads. Yeah, that's crazy. The time I was, I was pretty satisfied. Um, and, you know, that's results in people getting into the other books and, you know, all the reviews and stuff you get coming in. And uh, It's been going great. But I mean, yeah, so first book I wrote was Godless Lands. Uh, I actually I, I have this I, thing. I did download, by the way. So I'm really excited to get that one. Uh, that actually soon, so. kicked me off because I, you know, your book, people usually tell you, you know, don't expect to sell over 100 copies, you know. Yeah. 2,500 in the first year. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's, congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. The, the, you know, people were buying it and, you know, leaving great reviews and I was, you know, it just kind of kicked off, you know, Anthony, uh, Ryan gave me that quote. Uh, yep. Yep. Oh, you know, that whole thing started with a conversation I had with an artist, you know, like that whole world came about because when I was still trying to hone my craft a little bit, I was writing a ton of short stories for my website. Oh yeah. I remember saying that. Yeah. So on like Instagram, when I first started, I'd be like, hey, uh, if any artists want a short story written about their stuff, I'd love to do that. And uh, got to talking with Thomas and, and I just loved his artwork. You know, he, he did the cover. He's awesome. Yeah. I mean, Death Knight. Awesome all his, cover. Yeah. A lot of the characters are based off of his artwork. You oh, know, that's cool. I talked and, you know, he read the book and he really liked it. And, you know, it, it's been it was really cool to kind of talk to him about some world concepts and be like, what were you thinking on this? What's the feeling, you know? And so then the world came alive, you know, I wrote like three short stories for three of his art pieces. And then oh, wow. I was like, write a book on this using okay. these characters. And so, boom, I, I did it. Those short stories are on, they're on my, uh, my website and they yeah. don't quite books because they weren't fully formed at the time, but you know, like 
yeah, so I got connected with that. And then um, Anthony Valiaconis, the illustrator of Valhalla Steel and Quenched in Blood, same kind of thing. We got to talking. I wrote a bunch of short stories for his artwork and, you know, started a friendship. And we started, you know, I said, hey, I want to do this project. What do you think? He was trying to build his art portfolio. So we said, yeah, let's do it. So we got shared royalties on that one. And, you know, it's been going great. It's been selling well. It's great artwork. I mean, yeah, it seems to pair really well with your writing. That's us telling Mark too. It's funny that you said that because he had had the same type of thing with an artist that he really liked and an image that he liked. And that's where he got his idea. And I, I do that a lot too. I'm like, I just save image after image after image because it sparks some sort of idea and I'll go back later. But yeah, that's, I'm going to put the, just for so everybody knows, I will be putting um, Sean's links in there. Uh, so you guys will be able to see the covers that we're talking about, but you'll definitely be able to see right away that they're, they're very cyberpunk. I think you guys pair together very well. So, yeah, it's been it's been fun, and you know, Anthony's a great guy to work with. Him and I, we BS. We'll play games online. Like, oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We've we've done. We get to know each other pretty well, I think, and it's built a great friendship. That's one of the coolest things about all this is like the the friendships you build, the connections oh, yeah. you make. Just being able to like connect with other creative people. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know about you and where you live, but like not a lot of people you get to talk about you know writing books or you know creating art pieces for your work yeah. you know like conversations aren't that common so you know I really value them when when you find them yeah well it's I, you know I, I was just talking about that with a buddy the other day you know like I do jujitsu and it's like I know people from Michigan that know people from California that I met through like did it in Arizona it's like you would think that now it's like a big thing uh, and it seems like it is but really it's like you're still a point zero zero one percent you know and it's no wonder everybody knows each other and I'm like I know my friend knew that person that I met here you know and I feel like it's even more so with writing you know you think everybody has written a book like one in ten but really it's like I saw a statistic recently that was crazy it was like even with nowadays with you know how much easier it was supposed to be compared to what you know it used to be with all the technology tools and things it's like I think it's like I think when I looked it was like one in 56 people or something like that and that was even like a 10 year old statistics. So it's kind of interesting now with the population increase. So I looked at it the other day and I think uh, my buddy and I were talking, they thought it was like one in like 130 people have written a book, let alone a fantasy or a cyberpunk or sci-fi. So to try and find another person. So you literally do have to go to social media or, you know, like I'm going to meet uh, uh, Michael R. Fletcher, hopefully in Toronto for a Toronto comic-con. It's not too far from me. It's about four hours. I told my wife, I'm like, I'm going, you know, I was yeah. like, I, you know, it's after school on a Friday. I'm like, I want to go and you know, go hang and, you know, and see what's up and see who's there. And uh, CL Snyder is another one. Uh, I love her urban fantasy. Uh, absolutely amazing. She's got a fantasy uh, novel out uh, uh, called The Magic Price is uh, book one. And it's basically like uh, Geralt of Rivia, but a lot more grimdark, if that makes any sense. And, you know, she's going to be at the Saratoga Comic Con, which is only, that's actually where my mother-in-law lives, about four hours from us. And somebody else got a hold of me for Syracuse, actually, Comic Con. That's uh uh, a couple weeks from now so I'm about to go I said I'm gonna go to three this year and I'm doing them all before December hopefully you know try and avoid COVID and everything like that but I agree I, it's it's really hard to find people you know like when you and I were having the conversation a couple weeks ago it's like you know it's hard to get people you know get their perspective or you know a lot of people just don't have that experience and most people look at us like we're crazy you know like oh yeah that's cool I show people my artwork for you know one of my characters they're like oh that's neat and I'm like it well, is, just, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. It's very hard. 
I get stoked. Like I get all, I'm like, oh man, this is so cool. Look at this. And then you'll be like, yeah, all right. Yeah, they literally just do like a thumbs up to like, or like it yeah. on Facebook and there's like no comment. You're just like, what? <laughs> well, we're the only ones that got to be entertained, right? <laughs> I agree. And I the agree. readers. Yeah, that and the readers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, I'm kind of curious uh, what genre has been your favorite to write. So Godless Land, uh, that's more of a, of a fantasy, correct? Like a grimdark fantasy? Yeah. So yeah, it's real low fantasy. It, yeah, uh, yeah. Or low, I'm, yeah. It, it's funny, you know, I, Godless Lands was the book I wrote when I said, okay, it's time to publish a book. I was like, I, the book I wrote before Godless Lands, uh, Gods Reborn, totally unrelated, was actually modern, uh, modern fantasy. Oh, cool. 93,000 words. I spent two years writing it. I spent a year writing it, then a year rewriting it. And like, I thought it was awesome. But then I was like, you know what? I got 70 some rejections. I got some feedback. It's good. It needs work. But here's what I, here's what I know so I can write a good book. And so I wrote Godless Land. So I was like, I can write a good book now. So I wrote Godless Land. And so it was like my takeoff, right? I was like, okay, where I'm going to go, I'm going to full admit on it. And yeah, so that's kind of my bread and butter because I grew up loving like David Gamble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad yeah. you suggested that too, because I actually just grabbed one of his the other day from your suggestion. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to start that one really soon. I love, David Gemmell is the reason why I read. It's he's the reason why I write. You know, like that is the author that set me on the path. And I, I he's the only, probably one of the few people I, I actually idolized a little bit and really wanted to meet. Like, I don't really usually get excited about meeting anybody just because he was such an inspiration to me. Oh, yeah. I was just, man, I wish I could have met that guy. But yeah. that was the kind of, if that was going to be my first book, I wanted something along those lines. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, kind of an homage to Mel, and then move on. I love, I love that low fantasy stuff, but cyberpunk just clicked. Like, I, I don't even, I have, I can't tell you, uh, but a handful of cyberpunk books I've probably read. Like, not even a genre, but once I like, I saw a few things and, you know, I actually did a lot of like uh, RPG gaming and stuff in college with a buddy of mine. And he ran kind of a fantasy cyberpunk world. It wasn't Shadowrunner. And uh, I don't know. I just kind of all clicked in my head. I was like, well, this would, this would be something cool. Let's, let's experiment here. Yeah. I, I've loved the genre. Like it's been, awesome you get a mix in that kind of heroic fantasy that david gamel feeling that i love but i get to add you know depth of the mythology you get to add the tech you know mixing and melding and how does that you know interact with each other and how yeah. is that gonna change people's outlooks you know what's the what are the philosophies that are going on at the time you know how are they going to relate and it's just been there's so much more depth i feel like i've been going in there and that's helped me actually uh, add some more depth to the Godless Lands world, you know, like, yeah, there's, there's not as much I have to worry about because low fantasy, everybody yeah. kind of, right? but because I've had to like explain so many things in the Valhalla Steel universe, it's helped me just kind of readdress how you can fill out those less intricate, but still in-depth worlds. Yeah. 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 
So, you know, I mean, but you learn, I mean, you know, with everything you you finish, everything you do, you learn, you learn from it, yeah. you learn how to grow from it. You know, you would just want the next project to be even better. And yeah. whatever shortcomings you had on that one, we go, okay, we learned it, move on, let's do this one now. You know, so that's kind of how it's been. I don't, I don't know that I have like a favorite genre, you know, I think it's just whatever idea kind of clicks, you know, it, like I said, the book before that was modern fantasy. Then I've written low fantasy. Now I've written cyberpunk. I just, I got a ton of ideas. Like, I just don't feel like I, there's one, there's not really one place I really want to call home yet, I guess. Yeah. 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 And that's like, uh, I had a conversation with another author the other day on Twitter and I'm like, I said, I don't know. I said, I love urban fantasy. I said, I have a lot of ideas for urban fantasy. I have almost like a whole Marvel, um, you know, like Avengers kind of idea for an urban fantasy world where a bunch of heroes, uh, you know, like separate trilogies and they come together. And I said, I'd like to do a lot of, you know, just different stuff with legends and stuff. I'm a history teacher, you know, so it's, it's all there. And (laughs) it's, you know, I think that's why I love urban fantasy. And, you know, I've always read a lot of fantasy and urban fantasy, I would say is new for me in the last seven years, you know, of my however many years I've been reading 20 something, you know, 24 years, something like that, 25. And it's like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I, you know, I, like somebody said it the other day really well on a podcast listening to say, why do you have to pick anyway? You know? And I said, I agree. Cause I'm like, what if you really love to read that, you know, cause you're supposed to, you know, write what you love to read. And I'm like, I don't love to just read fantasy or urban fantasy or sci-fi or grimdark or, you know, there's just a lot of different things. You know, I'm a huge Robert E. Howard fan, and that's a lot different than, you know, grimdark fantasy is nowadays, you know. And, uh, yeah, I definitely agree. So I was just curious because a lot of people talk about, like, oh, I really need – I really want to write this one because of this. And then sometimes, you know, I hear a lot of that on podcasts and different authors saying, like, yeah, this is my niche and things. But, you know, you look at a guy like Miles, you know, and he just had that great sci-fi book come out and – and we're actually going to be interviewing him pretty soon about that. And we're going to talk about writing, fighting. But, you know, I'm interested to see how somebody, you know, goes from, you know, uh, historical fiction uh, to kind of like a urban fantasy with like Cold Iron, I would say, you know, or right. like, like a steampunk and then goes to science fiction. Like he's kind of he just seems like he can do it all. <laughs> That's what I want to be the chameleon like Miles, so to speak. So yeah, that, to me, it's always interesting to ask people that I, we and Mark talked about that yesterday. So. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's just got their, you know, what they're in. I was, uh, I've been going off on Jim Butcher lately, man. Like I just read his last two books, man, took me back to growing up reading, you know, like it was, oh, yeah. they were big stuff's going on, but he, I mean, the Dresden files, you know, he wrote that first, but then he has a whole like Romanesque fantasy. Yeah. I got them all for free the other day from school. <laughs> I was, I was about to like buy them. And then I was like, somebody just handed them in my lap. And I was like, I was just about to like order these. And I was, I'm so excited. I like kept them in the classroom, you know, just like I see them in the morning and I just like have a smile on my face. I'm like, I'm going to get to you soon. <laughs> so it's funny that you said that. I heard that that's like a, Roman yeah like a, a Roman fantasy mixed with like Pokemon and that to, to me just sounds that's at least how Dirk Ashton described it and I'm like that to me just sounds awesome you had me at Roman let alone like <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> you had me at Jim Butcher to be quite honest so no I mean like that guy I mean dang that guy and then he's writing about airships too yeah I had I bought that one recently I'm actually really excited to to get that what what is that the uh oh the aeronauts 
windless or something like that yeah that like that i read the back of that and i was just like yeah i'm so there <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, as soon as i found out there was gonna be more on that i was just like oh please get it yeah i was really excited i actually didn't know that until the other day <laughs> yeah yeah, I was kind of fan fangirling out there a little bit. I was like, ah, and my wife's like, what, what's up? I was like, I thought this was a one shot. And I'm like, now there's going to be more in this world. I was like, I have, she goes, you haven't even read it yet. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, it's Jim Butcher. Like, I was like, he can write anything all day and I'll read it. So it's funny they said it because I actually just started re-listening to uh, the audiobooks for uh, the Dresden Files. I think I got to like book seven. I just burned myself out because I read them all within, you know, like, I like seriously like I probably read each one in three days up until like book seven and then I just kind of burned out and then I like was like oh I'll switch back to fantasy and now I'm going back to urban fantasy but I'm definitely excited to get caught up with everybody especially with those two releases from last year so uh and I guess uh we covered a lot actually which is great and we got a lot of stuff that I didn't even think of and which is even better because that's when real true you know genius comes out I think in terms of interviews um, I'm just curious at how it really felt for Valhalla Steel, especially getting to number two. And then uh, the second one, correct me if I'm wrong, was that number seven? I know it was number seven when you and I talked, right? Oh, uh, Quenched in Blood? Yeah, was Quenched, was that the one that was number seven? Uh, that was just Valhalla Steel moving up the ranks as we were kind of talking. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, okay. I thought I lost track there. So, okay, so when I talked to you, Valhalla Steel was at number seven, and then you got yeah. to number two. That's awesome. That is awesome. How did that feel? Like that had I mean, like that moment. When did just so I want to know just specifically, like, did Kindle send, you know, like how did that work? Like, how did you find out that was number two? Did they send you a notification or did you just go look it up yourself? Oh, I was talking it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us here blame you. <laughs> I was too. I like went when I talked to you that first weekend and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I think I lost track when it got to like number five. So that's awesome. <laughs> but what, what was it like when you opened up, you know, that screen and you, you stalked it and you saw that was number two, what, what immediately went through your mind? Well, I mean, you're, you're like, all right, not quite one, but it's two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, you know, like I, you know, I, I try to aim high, but make it realistic. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, yeah, you, you, I always, aim as high as I can but yeah that was it was it felt good I mean yeah it was it was along with the other you know giveaways that weekend you you get to do those you know see where you fall and you know that was pretty cool to see it just launch up there like that in cyberpunk yeah uh, I mean just having people you know reviews start popping up a lot more after that and, you know because it I, I know Valhalla Steel was kind of a it's a different sell you know because it's not it's not a full-length novel yeah yeah illustrations it's not an illustrated you know it's not a it's not a graphic novel but you know so it is a different kind of a sell but just to see that and then that launches into the novel that comes after that yeah has been really cool to see and like you know i have an, i have other people being like are you gonna get more artwork for the next one can we do like a deluxe edition for it i thought a few people cool. there a way to combine them and then get more artwork and so i'm like man that would be cool i yeah. could maybe Anthony to do more and then combine them but yeah I mean it just it, it really inspired me to really hammer you know more out you know I I love writing stories that people enjoy and people have really been enjoying them so you know if that's something that I can pursue and, and continue to do and it pays for itself then why not you know 
Oh, yeah. I remember like that weekend because I was like went out and grabbed it and I was like, okay, I grabbed it. And then I was like telling my friends, I was like, go grab this book now. And I was like, he's like at number seven. I was like, go grab this book. And I remember one of my buddies, he was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, he was at work. He's like, oh, yeah, send it to me. And then I sent it to him. And it was so funny because he did the same thing I did. Like he did a double take with the artwork, looked at the title. And he was like, I didn't even have to read the blurb. He was like, I was sold. And then by the time he read the blurb, he was already, he was still at work and he went and, and got it on, on Kindle. So we were talking about it that day. So it was really funny. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah it's super cool i will again congratulations that's i mean that's you know he said he was like man he was like that's that's freaking awesome he's like any genre you know where you can get you know like dirk ashton says all the time you get you know like will white's one of those guys you know who uh, was number one for three days or something like that and i think he'd be everybody in the kindle store uh for those three days like it wasn't just in you know in his genre so you know, I think anytime you like he Dirk says, anytime you get top 100 even is is amazing. So in any genre, so oh. I, that is a great accomplishment, my friend. Yeah, thank you, appreciate it. And we talked about you know uh, David, and like I said, you you know inspired me to go uh, you know get a couple of his books. I actually had a couple on the shelf that I totally forgot about after you and I talked. So I went and grabbed uh, one or two more. Uh, at the used bookstore when I saw them. So I really want to thank you there. I'll tell you when I, I finished those. Uh, yeah. cause oh. you were, you were really the person that inspired me to, uh, to put more of the, of his books on my shelf. So I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be thanking you. I know as soon as I get done with the first couple that I grab. uh, what, are there any other authors or writers that were really influential, um, you know, in terms of your, you know, your, your early growth as a writer? Um, Actually, you know, I, I brought him up and this came up earlier. I, I tried to actually write uh, Jim Butcher a letter the other day, just put it on one of his oh, fan cool. groups, like it, and, or somebody would pass it on to him, you know, just as kind of like a thank you. Like, I didn't realize how big an impact that guy had uh, when just on me as a reader, as a writer, you know, like it's one of those things. I, I, he wrote this scene at the end of one of, of his most recent book. And when you read it, it'll make sense, but yeah, it's yeah. about uh, Christmas or Christmas coffee and the memories that came back with that. And when I was just reading his stuff, I was having all these memories of like, you know, sitting like on the bleachers between wrestling matches, you know, like reading one of his books or, or being on, you know, a camping trip with my dad and like having snuck a book of his in my backpack, you know, uh, I remember reading the Furies when we were moving from one state to another in the back of a pickup, you know, I'm just like sitting back there with this Furies series, yeah. you know, man, I always had one of his books and, you know, reading that, seeing the whole world and it was kind of cool because he, he actually has some, a little bit of a uh, Valhalla Steel kind of creation of his own in there. I discovered with his cool. most recent uh, Vikings and that, in that whole urban setting, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it just made me realize like, man, that guy really had a big impact on, on me, you know, just as a writer growing up, always had it around, you know, then there's, you know, there's the bigs like Robert Jordan, you know, you always oh, yeah. read, you know, uh, but David Gemmel, Jim Butcher were probably two of the most impactful. Um, later on, definitely uh, Anthony Ryan, John yeah. Wynn, um, just more me as an adult, not so much the young man, you know, kind of growing up oh, with yeah. those, you know, having an impact. 
but uh, and more those two more is kind of a mentor because I, I approached them in that kind of a way. Whereas the others, it was idolization a little bit, you know, yeah. getting in and, and that. But yeah, I'd say those have been probably the most impactful. Maybe Louis L'Amour little bit oh it's a good one too. oh man i tell you i i grabbed my dad a few of those recently and i told him i was like finish them because then i'm <laughs> gonna be the one reading them after <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah. Like, me and my dad always referred to to david gemmel was the is the louis l'amour of fantasy right yeah, louis, true. yeah yeah westerns david gemmel did for fantasy and then what i told my dad when i was writing about hostile i said that's what i want to do for sci-fi oh, so cool. i mean that's the goal I, i'm a pretty big Gemmel acolyte, you know, like that guy, boom, the philosophies he had, the, the moral dilemmas that the characters would go through. The, I feel like he understood like men of violence. Yeah. Yeah. That a lot of people don't get. Yeah. It, they were, it's harsh, it's cruel, it's a cold world, but there's also good in it, you know, and I love those kind of thoughts. Like, you know, bad men can be a good men for a short time. It's, you know, like there's redemptive arcs, there's, there's that possibility of something more than just the crapshoot, you know? And I, I really like those ideals. Like, I know I, I click really well with the grimdark uh, crowd and stuff with yeah, my yeah. work. Like I can't, always, I can't like Abercrombie. I love his prose. I think he's an amazing author, but man, it's like, there's no good, right? Like everybody is so selfish and so self-focused and I don't know, like, it just doesn't entice me as much. Yeah. yeah. No, there's good in there. But anyways. <laughs> no, no, I, I think though those are great points. My dad always talked about that. You know, we we're big John Wayne and Clint Eastwood fans, you know, and we like those because, you know, again, like you said, like, you know, like I actually really I do a I realized recently I do a lot of redemption arcs for some reason. I I don't know what it is. I'm a big fan of the paladin, like um Oh, uh, I'm not going to blank on his name. Um, Michael from, you know, Jim Butcher. He's got to be one of my favorite book characters of all time because he's me. Like he, that's how I see myself. And that's how I, you know, who I strive to be like. And I, you know, as soon as I read that character, I was like, wow. I was like, you know, there I am. And, you know, and I said to my friend recently, I said, I do, you know, recently been doing redemption arcs. I said, but I think at some point I'm just want to do a straight up, you know, paladin or somebody Cause that's why I was playing D and D and that's like, there are still good guys in the world, you know, not everybody has to be a, you know, a, the punisher, you know, an anti-hero. I was like, sometimes I just want to read a hero and I go back to forgotten realms, especially, you know, and uh, you know, I, I definitely agree with you. I, I think, uh, you know, that's, that's lacking a little bit in today's modern writing world. So, all right. Uh, are there any promos or anything like that? Um, I'm going to be putting up, um, the links for Valhalla Steel um, and Quenched in Blood and uh, Godless Lands uh, in this YouTube uh, description. And then if you guys on the Spotify want to go check out um, the website, Twitter, and Facebook page uh, for the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast, you can also find Sean's work there. Is there anything else you kind of want to promo now in our last couple minutes here, Sean? Um, you know, I, I Quenched in Blood just came out a few months ago. Um, moving up people seem to enjoying it uh Valhalla Steel is kind of like the prelude into Quenched in Blood so that's my big push right now um, we have another Godless Lions novel sometime this oh, cool. winter oh cool. so that means we'll have to have you on in the winter then too so to help promote that so 
Got to hammer them out. Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> All right. Well, I know we're probably running out of time for the, the Spotify, so we'll sign off here if that's okay with you, Sean. Really appreciate you coming in today. And we thank everybody for tuning in to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. Again, you can find this video and our other videos on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the audio on Spotify is actually going out tomorrow. Uh, you have to wait for this episode uh, for next week. We're going to space them out just a little bit. Uh, feel free to reach us at Scholars of Uma. That's U-M-A at gmail.com. Let us know who you'd like to see on future podcasts, any questions you have for Sean or any other of the guests that we've had or future guests. And feel free to send us some videos and pictures that are fantasy and sci-fi related. Sean, again, really appreciate your time. And like I said, we'd love to have you back sometime in the future. And uh, I look forward to talking to you on Facebook, my friend. Sounds good, man. You have a good one. You too, Sean. See you later.